This message is produced by the Transformation Edge Church. We believe you'll be inspired and transformed by it. The Trans Edge, a change is inevitable. Joshua chapter 3. Spirit break out. Break our walls down. Praise you, God, because you will speak to us tonight. In Jesus' name. Joshua chapter three, chapter 3, verse 1. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. And what did they say to them? He said, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. You are to move out from your position. Say to someone, move out from your position and follow the ark. So when you see the ark of the Lord and the, and the Levites carrying it, you say you are to move out from your position and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. So you know which way to go since you have never been this way before. If you allow the ark to, look, to, to lead the way. And what was the ark? The ark was a representation of God's presence. You see, that was the same reason Moses in Exodus chapter 33 said, he said, do not lead us from here if your presence will not come with us. And when his presence goes before you, you will know which way to go. You know, there are some of you, you've never been where you are right now before. It's a strange place. It's a strange space. But there's an instruction. And the interesting thing is, are we willing to listen, to heed to the instruction? Let's read it again. Verse 2. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders he, was, he didn't say he was, they were giving suggestions to the people. No. They were giving orders to the people. And at times it comes to a place where, you know, you have to put your pride down and follow others. You see, we want control all the time in our lives. We want to always be in control. And at times we fall into some weird, um, you know, troubles. Because we want to lead the way, always leading the way, always having the last word, always knowing the, the things to do. We always think we know the way. But at some point, just accept the fact that you don't know everything and allow another to lead you. Can I say now that it's maturity to allow to be led, to allow ourselves to be led. It's maturity. If no one can talk to you, 
or no one can tell you what to do. It's great. It's great to understand your level of your independence. It's great. You've tested that enough. Hi, but allow the Holy Spirit to lead this time. We've been made free. The Bible tells us that if the Son of Man, which is Jesus Christ, sets you free, so you're free indeed. You're free indeed. You're free. So use your independence. Nevertheless, he says, my spirit shall lead you. Would you allow God's spirit to lead you? Because there are levels of independence. The highest independence is being able to give over your freedom to another by yourself without being forced. That's the highest level of independence. Do you agree with me? To be able to give your freedom over to another and go, I surrender to you. Lead me. Three levels or stages of independence. The first one is the willingness to be free. The second one is understanding freedom now that you are free. The third one is the willingness not to be free. Because you see the significance of where that could lead you. In the area, in the places where you know nothing. What helps most is the willingness to give over your own command to someone who knows better. That, that's, most, that's mostly the reason why we use the navigator. Isn't it? Because you know the navigator will take you to where you don't know. And at, at times when you kind of bypass the knowledge of the navigator and go, yeah, I know the area, don't worry. Halfway through, rea you realize, I'm not quite sure where I am. And for some of us, we park on the roadside and restructure, put the navigator again, put the new address again and see where it takes you now. And this time, at times, we kind of give over, give up for it and go, wherever you say, we'll follow. It is freedom that allows you to give yourself away. After three days, verse 2 again, Joshua chapter 3. The officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. And what they said to them, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your position. What position have you been holding for a very long time? You've been holding your ground. You've identified yourself as whatever you call yourself. He said, this time, it's time to start to reassess that position. And possibly, it's time to move out from the position. And not only just to move out, but move out and follow. Move out from your position and follow. He said, then you will know which way to go. I love this. He said, then you will know. Up until now, you thought you knew where you were going until you got lost. And then you pulled out the navigator. Now, the presence of the Lord is here. See, it's time for you to give up your position. Stop fighting now. Stop thinking your ideas are the best, you know. Second to none. 
Move out from your position and follow it. Follow the presence of the Lord. Follow the word of God. The, the ark of the presence of God back then was, what was the content? It was the rod of Aaron which budded and the tablet of the commandments. And later after the manna, there was a piece of manna in it. That was it. Not much. So there were no weird looking things inside. No, it was just those things that represented what God has done. His word, which is the, the tablet of stone with the commandments on it. And the rod of Aaron, which represents authority. And that rod budded, you know. The flowers growing on it, on the dead wood. Oh, this must be miraculous. So they put it inside the ark too. And the manna, oh wow, this was angel's food. We always want to remember this. They put it inside the ark. So think about it. Those three things, those three elements inside the ark. What did they stand for? The rod. Rod and your staff, they comfort me. So the rod, a figure of authority, a figure of correction, right? Authority, correction. And leading. The manna, the food that satisfies. And think about Isaiah chapter 54, verse 1. And that's what it reminds me about. We're not going there yet. And then the stones, the, the tablet of the, of the uh, commandments, which represented um, God's word. In his totality. And how he wanted to lead us. And all of these in a box. The box was not just ordinary box. The box was constructed based on the measurement that God gave to Moses. You know, specifics. Do you know God... God loves specifics. He loves specifics. And the reason why he likes specifics is so that he can check how good you are in following direction. He loves specifics. He tells you 10 cubits and 3 cubits by 10 cubits and 3 cubits. Even the, the hall, the, the, the place of meeting were measured according to God's specifics. To Jonah, uh, not Jonah now, to Noah, who built the ark, he gave him specifics. Specific dimensions. The Bible tells us how God has stretched the sea and the expanse of the land. He knew how far and then he put a boundary to the sea. That he cannot come beyond this boundary. He has specifics. Jesus tells us how detailed God can be by saying that even the hair on your head is numbered. He's specific. He's concerned about the very little minutest detail. Although he is the Lord of the vast universe. 
But he's concerned about even the detail on your head. You don't even know how much hair you've got on your head. And he says, none of them falls to the ground without his knowledge. Interesting. Whereas every morning you comb your hair or do whatever to your hair, you brush your hair, you lose hair. You can't be bothered counting how much strands of hair you've lost. But he said, none of it falls to the ground without his knowledge. He is detailed. I would follow that kind of a person who is that detailed. Because when the enemy is coming, he knows when and how many steps they will take. Right? He knows how far they can shoot their arrow. And he knows, because he knows how far they can shoot their arrow, he knows where to position me. So that even if I'm scared, the arrow can only come that far. And he said in his word, and they will not harm you. He knows why he said that. Because the calculation is in his hands. He knows. And now he's saying to you, he said, get out of the way. Move from your position and follow his presence. And the reason why he said that, he said, he said, then you will know which way to go. Because up until now, you've been walking in the dark. He said, but then you will know which way to go. And I love the next sentence. What does it say? Since you have never been this way before. You've never been here before. So it's time for you to lean on me because you've never been here before. This is a new, a, a new, a new domain, a new area for you. It's new. You've never been here before. However, keep a distance. It says, keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. And why did he say that? Why, did he, why is he asking you to keep a distance between you and the ark and not go near it? It's the same idea in the book of, Je of Exodus chapter 20. You shall not use the name of the Lord your God in vain. Same idea. Because he understands how familiar we can become with, the, with holy things, with the name of the Lord, with the Holy Spirit, that we no longer have reverence for the name of the Lord. And that could kill you. <laughs> Think about it. It gets to the point where you used to honor God with everything that you have. You used to call him Lord, and all of a sudden, the Lord is just in a name. All of a sudden, the thoughts might come to your head, and you just push it aside. It's okay, yeah. I'll do it later. You used to bring your gifts, your offering, right, to the altar, so to speak, with reverence, with, you know, with, with joy. But all of a sudden, it's no longer a big deal. 
And that is not to say you no longer give your offering or your tithe, but, but it's, not, it's not a big deal anymore. What is it? Just get your phone and transfer. Yeah, how much is it? 10%. And it goes. You are obeying, but you have lost the spirit. Are you still here? Is this about the spirit? It's about the spirit. And he, he said, keep a distance between you. In other words, keep the reverence for the holy things. Keep reverence for the holy things. Keep reverence for the name of the Lord. Get to understand that this is the Holy Spirit. Whilst he's inside of you, he deserves the honor, the glory. Why? Because to him belong the power, the honor, and the glory forever. Not for a while. Not until you get too used to it. He, you know, there's no, there's no, what do you call it? There's no consistent honeymoon. Or rather, it gets to the point where you go, oh yeah, it's not a big deal anymore. He understands. He does understand. That's why he's God. But be careful how that gets interpreted to your mind to the point where we no longer pay any attention to him. I was still here. Think about it. Someone you used to really honor, and now he comes to your house and eats and does things. And you know, you are good, great powers now. And gradually, because of that closeness, because of lack of boundary, we start to lose honor. And it happens all the time. It happens. Jesus could not. It, it didn't say he did not want to. He said he could not do many miracles in his hometown. Why? Because there was no honor. He had the power. He could do whatever he wanted to do, but he could not. Because there was no honor. You see, it's the same thing. At times we'll pray and pray and pray and, and nothing happens. Why? Is it because we are too, we've crossed the line of that 2,000 cubits to the ark? Have we crossed the line where there's no longer honor? But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it, he says. Verse 5, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Did you see that? He said, hey, make yourself holy. Because tomorrow, say to someone, tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. The Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourself. Mm. And Joshua said to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. Those are two people, right? Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourself. Tomorrow the Lord will do. And then said to the, peop- uh, to the priest, take up the Ark. Take up the ark and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. Can you see up until now no one is arguing? 
No one is saying, no, no, let me, let me think about it. I don't want to do it here. Let me do it my way. They're just obeying. All right? Now, what did the Lord say to Joshua? Verse 7. I love this part. Verse 7. And the Lord said to Joshua, today. What did Joshua say to the people? Tomorrow. What did the Lord say to Joshua? Today. Uh, are you still here? It is quite interesting how God cuts through our thoughts. He said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel. Today. And the reason for that is said, so they may know that I'm with you as I was with Moses. So that they will know that I'm, I'm with you as I was with Moses. Chapter 5, verse 13. Are we still here? Have I lost you yet? No? Great. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Verse 14, Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Interesting conversation. Think about it. Joshua saw a man. And of course, possibly he was dressed like, an, you know, like a military. I'm not sure. But he saw a man. And went straight to him boldly and said, are you for us or against us? Joshua was bold. Joshua knew that the Lord was with him. So he didn't cower under any circumstances. He didn't cower under the height of the man or the, his build or his gate, whatever. He just went to him and said, are you for us or against us? And what did the man say? Neither. I'm not for you. I'm not against you. He's not choosing sides. But he defined who he was. I am the commander of God's army. You still here? What did Joshua do? Straight away, Joshua fell on his face. Uh, you know, at times, oh God, thank you. You know, at, at times, there's no need to argue. David said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go. Just hearing about the house of the Lord. The name of the Lord. See, when you hear the word Lord, what are those scriptures of the Bible that comes to your mind? One of them for me is, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs in and they are safe. The other one is in um, Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. And what's his name? David, going to Goliath and said, I have come to you in the name of the Lord. Said, I have come to you in the name of the Lord and in that name I will defeat you today. I enjoy it when I hear the name of the Lord. And I want to hear the last part of it. Same thing. 
Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And he stopped there. He didn't say any one word. Come to do what? He didn't say anything. He said, I have now come. And probably he just came to watch the war. He just came to watch the battle. He said, I'm not on your side. I'm not on the other side, but I'm here. For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever. He said, but, but Joshua belonged to God's house. Yes, he belonged to God's house. And the other ones are God's creation. But God is saying, I'm here. Choose you this day whom you serve. You might be a Christian, but do you know the Lord? Because it's only the Lord that shall fight for you while you hold your peace. All right? You might, have, you might have heard about the Lord. You might have done business with the Lord. But do you know the Lord? You might pray to the Lord. But is he Lord of your life? Mm. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? How interesting. That's an example of him stepping out from his position. Do you know, at this point, he was the leader of the house of Israel. He was the leader of, of all Israelites. And we're talking about, talking about about 950,000 people. Or even more. It was a whole country. And here, Joshua, the leader of the whole house of Israel... Falling down before one man just because he mentioned the name of the Lord. And he says, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. There are some things. There are some instructions that you hear. That is not the kind of instructions that you would normally hear. That is not the kind of things that you normally do. But Jesus, or not Jesus, Mary said to those servants who were standing by the port at, you know, Cana of Galilee. He said, whatever Jesus said to do, said do it. So are you ready to take commands? Are you ready to take orders from the Holy Spirit? From the Lord? Are you ready? When he says to do, would you do? Or would you find excuses? You see, we, we always have excuses for everything. We do always have excuses for everything. You know, excuses roll off our tongues ever ready. Could you be at this place? Ah, you know what? Um, yesterday, I just had a call and someone told me to come tomorrow. So, great. We can argue about that. We can argue against that. And the Holy Spirit might even tell you, I really want you to be, for example, and this is just probably a very simple example. I want you to be at church 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. So, but service does not start till, you know, 10.30. He said, yeah, but I want you to be there at 9 o'clock and for a reason. He said, but why do I have to be there? You know, at times, God does not give us the end of the story. Just to check the state of our heart. He's done it a number of times. He said to Abraham, go to the land and I will show you. 
Just keep walking. Abraham did not ask, so where? He said, you, don't worry, you will know when you get there. And when he asked him to sacrifice his son, he said, where? He said, one of the mountains of Moriah. One of the mountains. Which one? You will get to know when you get there. And that's why the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, we say, Abraham went not knowing where he was going, but he went by faith. Not knowing. Do you know at times when you get to know, that kills you. That, dis that destroys your confidence. That, that makes you feel like, oh, is that where I'm going? No. That place is terrible. You know, my socioeconomic status is higher or lower than that. I can't be there. I can't talk to them. What kind of language would I speak? But God says, go. I'll show you when you get there. So take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. He didn't ask him why. Why? I've been standing on, on this place since for a while. Well, why now? Has it only just right now become holy? Has it always been holy? And might say, I'm about to do something in your life. You say, yeah, I know. That's what I've been praying. Say, right now. And they ask you to do something, would you? And I'm not, I'm not sure what God is asking you to do right now, but he's asking you to do something, but would you? Well, let him be the Lord of your life. Let those walls fall. Let those walls fall. Let him not, you don't have to fast seven days and walk around the wall for seven days for the wall to fall. The first day, the second day, the third day is to try how obedient you are. The fourth day, the fifth day, the sixth day is to try how resilient you are. And the seventh day, the first time, the second time, the third time is to check if you are going to get tired right now and start to argue with God and going, well, I've been coming around this thing. Why is it not falling? And the last time, as you walk around the world, you're still thinking, so God, I'm so tired. I'm done. And then he says, shout. And that shout, he knows that you can't shout your best after you've not eaten for seven days and you've been walking around a big city seven times that day. And at the seventh time, when you just completed it and you thought, now we can just rest. And then he goes, shout. He takes us through the phases of obedience to break away the things that stands against our full obedience to him. So that he knows he has all of us before the walls can fall. Are you still here? Because he knows when the walls fall, when he does not have your full obedience, instead of you running in, you'll be running away from your promise. He knows. God bless you. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ for your word. I praise you for where you're taking us. And I know, God, that you are the Lord of this house. You are the Lord of our lives. We will do whatever it takes to lift your name up so that the world may know 
that you called us by yourself. We we'll praise you. We honor you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The message you've heard was produced by the Transformation Edge, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us via email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com, or on Facebook, The Transedge Church. You may wish to call us on 02-4731-2419. The Transedge, a change is inevitable.